friends, this is your friend PJ Pat, and this is my friend Henry right now. He's not feeling so well, so he's just going to be chilling out for the rest of the episode. But uh, as you know, I love to rock, but some of you may not know, I also love to chill and just kind of hang out with an acoustic guitar. And today's a special episode. We're going to be reading an article from Acoustic Rock Magazine, back from 2010. Uh, this is a reverence. It's probably a co collector's edition right now because uh, you don't really see this in the stands anymore, this acoustic rock guitar. So let's check it out. Check this out. Look at who's on the cover. Traditionally not known for their acoustic guitar playing, but once you hear a couple of their songs, you know how amazing they are. And make no mistake, a lot of these rock songs start off with an acoustic guitar. Some of the heaviest songs that you know out there. I've listened to a lot of interviews from all these rock legends, and yeah, because most of the time they're just chilling on our couch, strumming that acoustic guitar, coming up with a riff, whatever. Um, it's just so much easier, obviously. Um, they have it laying around, you know, so do I, just in every room of the house, just an acoustic guitar. So it's easily just, you can just pick it up, doodle noodle with it on the couch, and bam! Next thing you know, the riff for Enter Sandman just materializes. So I just want to give a shout out in this episode to the acoustic guitar instrument. As you can see from the cover of the magazine, there are a bunch of articles that I can get into, but today I'd love to focus on my favorite guitar player from the 80s. The one and only Slash. Look at that spread. Look at that. Man, I love his hat. How great and iconic is that look, right? His top hat was immortalized in Guitar Hero, the video game. And I think in terms of guitar players, Slash has got to be one of the most well-marketed or recognizable, you don't even need to see his face, silhouette in rock and roll history. Um, he came up with a bunch of amps, Marshall amps with his silhouette on it. And just because of that top hat, that iconic hat, you know it's him. But even that aside, his image aside, his tone, his guitar playing style, um how he's so tied into his Les Paul, that alone sets him apart from 99% of the guitar players. And longevity, you know, after Guns N' Roses, he was able to carve himself a nice little solo career. He's back with GNR right now, obviously, but he still has a solo career with Miles Kennedy singing, and it sounds pretty freaking dope, so. For those of you who haven't checked out Slash's debut solo album called It's Five O'Clock Somewhere, highly recommend it. Who plays on the album? His ex-Guns N' Roses players, Matt Sorum on drums, Gilby Clark on guitar, and Allison Chain's bassist Mike Inez, and Eric Dover, the guitarist for Jellyfish, he actually took on the vocal responsibilities for the album, and it's amazing. It's actually, it's super underrated, but go check it out. It's Slash in his pure form, and Eric Dover's vocals are actually pretty damn good. He's got that raspy voice, completely different than Axl Rose, obviously, but it totally suits the music. All right, well, we're not here to talk about Slash's amazing rock god-esque guitar, hard rock, heavy solo and rhythm. We're here to talk about his acoustic playing. Acoustic rock, page 19, if you're interested. Title of the article, Obsession, Confession. Hard rock guitar great Slash reveals that he not only started out as an acoustic player, he also wrote many of the Guns N' Roses' biggest hits on the instrument. Yeah, so like I was saying earlier, right? A lot of the hard rock songs, classic hard rock songs that you know on the radio, start off with this instrument right there. Pretty amazing. Article by Richard Bienstock, 
B-I-E-N-S-T-O-C-K. Gotta give credit where credit's due. Reprinted from Guitar World Acoustic number 48. For a five-year span in the late 80s and early 90s, Guns N' Roses were the biggest band in the world. They exploded out of Los Angeles in 1987 with their debut album, Appetite for Destruction, which has sold more than 30 million copies to date. And despite the fact that the classic lineup of the band and subsequently released only two more full-length studio albums of original material, 1991's Use Your Illusion 1 and Use Your Illusion 2 left an indelible mark on rock music. Amen to that. Like I said, GNR is definitely my all-time favorite band that started in the 80s. I believe Appetite from Destruction was released in 1987. During the band's heyday, it may have been that singer Axl Rose garnered most of the headlines, but it was lead guitarist slash he of the trademark top hat, brushy black curls, and low slum sunburst Les Paul who had the greater musical impact. He injected a healthy dose of soulful bluesiness into a technique-oriented guitar scene dominated by speed demons and two-hand tappers. He also almost single-handedly brought about the resurgence of the Les Paul as the acts of choice for rock players in a time when the pointy-shaped guitar ruled the roost. While Slash is primarily known for spitting out hard, distorted licks that fuel such bonafide rock classics as Welcome to the Jungle, Sweet Child of Mine, and Paradise City, there's always been another side to the guitarist. He is also the boy who spent his early years plucking out melodies on a one-string classical guitar, the teenager who loved Cat Stevens, the man who unplugged himself for half of the 1998 Guns N' Roses EP, GNR Lies. He once demonstrated his great affinity for the acoustic guitar when he wrote and recorded Obsession Confession, a flamenco piece for the soundtrack to the 1996 Quentin Tarantino film, Curdled which, as Slash himself notes, can be heard on adult contemporary radio and in malls, elevators, and that kind of shit. Unquote. When you think of the stuff I've done, of course, most of it's electric guitar-driven, says Slash. But I can play a lot of different types of music, stuff that doesn't sound anything like what people expect to hear from me. Fans first got the dose of the unexpected from the guitarist on GNR Lies. The first half of the album featured a typically frenzied electric performance from the band, the last four tracks, however, were laid-back, acoustic guitar-dominated compositions that showcased a different side of Guns N' Roses. Highlighted by the hit single Patience, which featured Slash, rhythm guitarist Izzy Stradlin, and bassist Duff McKagan, all on acoustics, and rounded out by the loose and strummy Used to Love Her, a stripped-down version of the previously electric You're Crazy, and the lyrically controversial One in a Million, these songs provided a glimpse into the musical and emotional core of the band. There's no lying with the acoustic guitar, says Slash. There's something very pure and very humbling about it. You can't hide behind a fuzz tone or mega volume or anything like that. You have to be able to really articulate what you're playing, were originally written on acoustics. You know whether or not something is a good idea if you work it out on acoustic first, Slash explains. For me, that's always been the best way to get a riff going and get that song idea in my mind. And I also just love that the sound the instrument has when you first put new strings on there's such great resonance. Since splitting from Guns N' Roses in the mid-90s, Slash has followed the same bluesy, electric, hard rock path that has always been his calling card. The acoustic, however, still remains an essential part of his writing process. When you hear something in your head, Slash says, like an idea for a song, no matter how hard rock the sound is, you get a sense of clarity as to its rhythm and its notes if you work it out on acoustic guitar first, he laughs. And then in the back of your mind, you go, that's going to sound so fucking great through a Marshall. 
Acoustic Rock asks, Did you start playing acoustic guitar or were you always a Les Paul man? Slash replies, Well, the first guitar that I ever got was a flamenco Spanish-style model that only had one string on it. My grandmother had dug it up from somewhere because she knew I'd taken an interest in playing. So I learned everything that you could learn with a one-string guitar. I finally acquired a real six-string acoustic when I was 15. I used to babysit for these friends of my mom's, and they had an old Epiphone, a real nice dreadnought from when it was an independent company, hanging on the wall in their house. So I would sit for their kids, and my good friend at the time, ex-Guns N' Roses drummer Steve Adler, would come over and watch TV while I played their guitar. One time they came home and saw me playing, and realizing how much I was into it, they said, Hey, it'd be better with you than just sitting here on the wall. They gave me the guitar, and I carried that thing around forever. I did a lot of my preliminary learning on that acoustic. So were you playing primarily acoustic guitar in those early days? Slash replies, yeah, but it was mostly out of convenience, really. I also had a piece of shit electric, but electric guitars are more of a pain in the ass because you had to deal with amps and all that. And when you're just starting out as a musician and don't have any money, an acoustic is much easier to deal with. It's like having a pen and a pad. It always works. Acoustics are more reliable and don't require a lot of setup and so on. You can just pick one up and play it. I would carry mine around everywhere. I used to take it on the bus, take it to school, wherever I went. In the earliest days of Guns N' Roses, were you writing on the acoustic? Slash says, The majority of our early songs were written on acoustic, actually, for the same reason I just mentioned. Having to set up amps and a drum kit and that kind of stuff slowed down the songwriting process. Because it tended to make people procrastinate. You don't feel like lugging everything around, you know? But if I just happened to be sitting in a room and something came for me, then the acoustic guitar was perfect. It's a great tool for writing very spontaneously, and a lot of the Appetite for Destruction songs, Paradise City, Welcome to the Jungle, Mr. Brownstone, You're Crazy, were written on acoustic guitars. Sweet Child of Mine, though, which actually has an acoustic on it, was written on electric. That intro was a joke, a total joke, Slash says. What do you mean? Acoustic guitar says. The band was working on some songs at the time, and we were sitting all in this house that had no power, around a fireplace that had no fire. Izzy and Axel were discussing something they were working on, just going around and around, and since they have a short attention span for that type of thing, I just started playing with that opening riff. Izzy began strumming a D chord behind it, and then it took off. All of a sudden, the song was done, and I hated it. I used to hate going to rehearse it, and I'd try to get it off the set list when we played live. Why? Slash says, I thought the way it came to me was dumb, you know? But it turned out to be the biggest hit we had. It wasn't until way long after the album hit big that I actually started to appreciate playing it live. Acoustic Guitar says, It has occurred to me that it would be interesting to arrange the intro for acoustic guitar. Actually, a couple weeks ago, I played it for the first time on acoustic, in standard tuning, but an octave lower. It's really interesting to do it in a regular D position. It's a little tricky, but it sounds very cool. What about some of the heavier material on Appetite, like Welcome to the Jungle? Was that song completely fleshed out on acoustic, or was the acoustic just used to come up with the riff? Slash says, The initial idea for that song, the main riff and everything, was done on acoustic. Then we transferred it to electric and made it big and heavy. Do you remember the acoustic you used? That same Epiphone I mentioned earlier. I had it forever. I still have it, actually. It's got huge bolts holding the bridge pieces together. Acoustic Guitar asks, Seeing as how most of the songs on Appetite that were born on acoustic guitar eventually became heavy electric songs, it's interesting that on Guns N' Roses' next album, Lies, 
you recorded four songs that remain acoustic in their final versions. How did that happen? Well, in a case of patience, that song was initially Izzy's idea. He wrote the majority of it, but yes, we knew that was going to stay acoustic. As for why, it just sounds like it's supposed to be acoustic, you know? Just the rhythm of it and so on. It's like sometimes I write something on the acoustic that I know I'll have to turn around and make into a hard rock in order for it to sound right. There's only so far I can go with it, but other times I sit down with an acoustic and the songs just have to stay that way. Who have been some of your favorite acoustic artists? There are a lot of great acoustic players that I really respect. Like Chet Atkins, he was a fucking amazing acoustic player. Also Roy Clark and Django Reinhardt. And that whole folk thing, James Taylor, Cat Stevens, Bob Dylan, they're all great players. Did you use the Epiphone on Lies? I believe I was still using it at that point. I used that Epiphone a lot in the early days, even on some of the Appetite stuff, like Think About You. And that's the same guitar you got as a 15 year old? Yes. So you're not the kind of guitarist who refuses to play anything that isn't on the level of, say, 40s era Martin D28 herringbone. Slash says, not at all, just anything that feels right and has a nice warm resonance to it. Do you have a collection of acoustics? Yes, I've got a couple of Martins, some old Gibsons, my Epiphone, a couple of old Fenders, some nylon strings, but I don't like to fuss with details and stuff all that much. Whenever I can find a guitar that basically sounds good and isn't going to fall apart if I bang it around, I'll go for it. And so in the process, I built up a guitar collection. But everything I have, I can use, you know? They're not dot dot dot. AR says, locked away in a vault somewhere? Right. So that's funny. Uh, this comes up in the article in 2010. That's funny he says that in this article. Because a couple of years ago, I believe it was actually around the time of COVID, Gibson came out with this special. And the special was about Slash showing off his guitar collection. Not all of his guitars, but a hell lot of them. And he would take out one by one and he would just kind of go through the history of the guitar and, and talk about anything special about it. It's interesting how in this article he says uh, they're not in a vault somewhere, but I guess you can accumulate a lot of freaking guitars in 13 years. But he definitely has them in vaults right now. Guaranteed. Okay, back to the article. Acoustic Guitar says... In 1998, working with Guild, you designed the Crossroads Double Neck Guitar, which is a combination 6-string electric and 12-string acoustic. Slash says, yes. There are actually two different models. One is a 6-string electric combined with a 12-string acoustic, and the other is a 6-string electric combined with a 6-string acoustic. It just seemed like such an obvious thing to do. Because you see so many guitarists, when they play songs that have a live acoustic part, have to put the acoustic on a guitar stand and lean over it while their electric hands over their shoulder. It's so awkward. Apart from the guitar, you seem to have a thing for guild acoustics. Yeah, on most of the later Guns material, like The Garden from Use Your Illusion 1, I played guilds because guild would give me stuff, laughs slash. Are you a fan of the big bodied models in particular? For me, it really depends on the neck and the wood. I mean, I like big bodied guitars, but a lot of the times they sound small, you know? My main guild, the one I record with, is all maple and it sounds really nice. In general, I'm really particular about what I feel comfortable with when it comes to acoustics. Things like the action and most importantly, the way the instrument resonates and how warm and crisp it is. One of the great things about acoustic guitars that you can never get out of electrics is that natural crisp sound. And that's it. There you go. That is the article right there. That's pretty cool watching him talk about his acoustics. I had no idea he had such a hard-on for guild guitars. 
Any of you familiar with that brand or what resonates with you with that brand, Gill Guitars? I actually don't really see them too much in guitar stores in my local area here, so not sure what's going on there. I remember hearing Patience for the first time and it just completely blew me away because you were used to them rocking out with Appetite for Destructions and all the amazing songs on there. And what do they do? They come out at a left field with an acoustic single called Patience. And that video is still ingrained in my mind to this day where they're just all chilling and all just sitting down such a loosey-goosey atmosphere and they look awesome. Slash has his bandana going and he's whistling and he's kind of doing his Axl Rose thing. I mean, it was definitely a feast for the eyes. And until then, you know, you never really heard an acoustic song like that before. I mean, you heard, you know, me growing up in the 80s with all the 80s bands, you heard like, yeah, the typical rock ballad, right? With the acoustic guitar and the arpeggios and the picking. But to hear like an emotional song like that from a band such as that just completely blew me away. And to this day, I think it's one of the best acoustic songs by a rock and roll band ever. So this article is called Obsession Confession. And I got a confession to make regarding Patience, a song we've been talking about by GNR. So Patience was the first song that I learned note for note perfectly on an acoustic guitar when I was in college. I used to play it multiple times a day, practice it, not only because it was an amazing song, but then I realized that as I was dating girls back then, if I were to whip out patience a week after we met or so, it would always get the job done, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> so if all your single guitar players out there, male or female, take note, it works. It definitely works.